Are you a senior level executive with a growth mindset, ready to grasp the new opportunities and solve the issues that are holding you back? If so, welcome to our podcast, Into the C-Suite with Jim Casino, founder and CEO of C-Suite Advisors. With personal experience as a CEO of more than 10 companies and 15 boards of directors, Jim shares his insights into optimal leadership philosophies, practices, and ways to accelerate growth and elevate your company value. Now, onto the show. We are ready for a look into the C-suite with your host, Jim Casino. Jim is the founder and CEO of C-Suite Advisors, a boutique management consultancy that taps the expertise of highly experienced senior advisors who know the C-Suite because they live and work there. Their best-in-class advice helps early-stage and middle-market companies solve their toughest challenges and thrive. Jim's guest this episode is the founder and CEO of You, Me, Me, You. Jim, tell us more about Nicole Boych. Thanks so much, Patrice. I am very excited to introduce to our audience today, Nicole. Nicole and I had, uh, in my view, a glorious working relationship for many years together, and she's one of the bright spots in the business world in my my personal view. Uh, So it's really a delight to have you with us, Nicole. And let me just tell everybody a little bit about you and then let you take it from there. Uh, Nicole is the founder and principal, as you mentioned, Patrice, of You, Me, Me, You, which is a boutique agency focused on business sustainability and bridging the gap between employee experience and customer experience. Also, she's the founder and CEO of EXP Consulting Group, a strategy and communications business consultancy. And in addition, Nicole is a senior consultant and practice leader with C-Suite Advisors. As you can tell, she's got a very full plate And so I'm delighted to have her with us to share some of her brilliance with all of us about the businesses she started and how business generally is going. Welcome, Nicole. Good to have you. Thanks for having me. and Glad to be here. Great. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your businesses. Sure. Well, I think you covered the business aspect pretty well, and and hopefully we'll get a little bit more into that today during the discussion. But I'm about 18 years into my career and really started uh, working in the startup realm. So I'm very passionate in general about finding opportunities to help uh, businesses, both small and me- medium-sized businesses, as well as some of the enterprise clients that I work with, find opportunities for growth within their within their business. And so um, over the last 15 years or so, uh, the majority of my career has been spent on the agency side, uh, working in small to mid-sized agencies and really helping them build out their strategic consulting and engagement offerings mm-hmm. uh, within the business, really working to extend their, their, their business into longer-term engagement strategies with both their employee audiences and their customer and community audiences. And in the recent two years, as you alluded to, um, have been incredibly passionate about building my own businesses, which um, has been a very exciting endeavor. I think I have quite a bit to share there um, in the way of learnings. Um, but personally, I am a wife, uh, a mother with another um, son on the way, which I'm also very excited about. Uh, We're Congratulations. Thank you, Jim. I didn't know Uh, it was a son. How exciting. That's that's two boys for you. That's awesome. Two boys. Yes. So my hands will certainly be fuller, so to speak, as it relates to managing the business and uh, businesses and, and also a growing family. But 
We, um, as I mentioned, love to travel as a family. We just got back from Europe after, you know, almost two and a half years on the, the travel hiatus, as, as was most of the rest of the world. We, we love food and culture. Um, and I'm based in Chicago, which has an incredible city atmosphere. I grew up in the Northeast, but have moved um, and, and resided in Chicago for the last uh, 18 years or so. So really excited again, just to be here. And, um, you know, Jim, as you alluded to, have an incredible working and professional re- relationship as well as, um, you know, this this personal relationship that we formed over the years. So ah, thanks. Um, yeah, yeah. Very special <laughs> to me. Very special. You know, the, the obvious first question I have to ask is what in the world motivated you to start not, not just one, but two businesses at the same time? And I'd love to hear your vision for both of the companies and the differences that you sort of envision and see between the two. Sure. So, you know, interestingly enough, it was always an ambition of mine to to start my own company by the time I was 35. That was just one of the, the stakes in the sand, so to speak, I had set forward for myself in the way of career goals. And mm-hmm. at the time, I had been working with a, a career coach and advisor who suggested as I was starting to identify this gap in working with some of our heritage clients where consultancies were kind of leaving off, the big four consultancies were leaving off or they were developing big strategic plans and strategies for some of the organizations that we were working with and and where activation agencies, so to speak, or some of the marketing and communications agencies were picking up and really looking at how you bridge uh, strategies across the business that were we're really going to drive meaningful change and transformation that was less of a set it and forget it approach, but more of something that allowed you and us to embed ourselves in the overall and, and longevity and success of our, our clients' businesses. So really out of that um, came EXP. And I was very, very fortunate to actually continue working with my prior agency as my very first client in my consultancy. But that business is largely focused on uh, heritage or enterprise accounts, namely Fortune 500 companies who are looking to evolve their their business uh, strategies and their go-to-market strategies forward in new and different ways. Meanwhile, it's always been this passion of mine and my partner, um, who also uh, works with me in, in You, Me, Me, You, to really find opportunities to work with small to mid-sized businesses, startups even, late-stage startups, in creating more sustainable business models and practices as we think about the impact that and the opportunity that business has to really create a better world. And we believe that businesses can ultimately both both be profitable and ethical in the way that they operate. And so our focus at UMI is really, and we call it UMI for short, is really to find opportunities to create sustainable business, long-term business value, um, in bridging employee experience with customer experience through communication and, and engagement strategies. So ultimately, one day we may see that those two businesses start to converge as they already have, but that was really the the impetus for kind of starting with EXP and then uh, slowly growing and evolving Yumi over the last couple of years as well. You know, that's pretty interesting, Nicole. So you are really working the entire spectrum of business with EXP really on the Fortune 500, the giant enterprise companies as a result of, of that client experience in your former employer. But then Yumi is, is really working with everything from startup through middle market. So you've got the whole realm of, of clients. Do you find huge differences when you're working with enterprise companies versus 
say, middle market or early stage companies? And what might they be? Sure. So I think for the startups that we work with compared to the more established enterprises, what we're looking to do across the board is operationalize sustainability as really a core competency. So on the startup end of the spectrum, what we're doing is really functioning more as a marketing slash communications and brand lead to support the development and inclusion of sustainable business strategies. We assist Mm -hmm. with everything from customer research, brand development, product strategy in support of their go-to-market, all the way through execution of their marketing plans um, of editorial content and sales enablement tools, et cetera. But on the enterprise side, what we're working with, with some of these heritage businesses on is really helping them to embed more sustainable practices and business models into their existing um, employee experience and customer experience in more meaningful ways. So that is more of a transformation change effort than is uh, kind of the, the focus of our startup work, work, which is really in building and helping to design um, business models from the ground up in a way that's sustainable from out of the gate. So very different challenges, equally exciting Obviously, moving a mothership on the enterprise side of things is often, you know, a, a lot longer range um, opportunity yeah. and engagement yep. than often is uh, some of the work that we do with some of our startup clients. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, from hearing the range of the clients you have, how big is your staff? How many people do you have working for you at the two companies? So across both companies, we have five full-time employees, inclusive of of my partner and myself. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, in this business, it's not uncommon that we have relationships with some well-trusted contractors that specialize in specific areas of uh, the business that we're executing upon. So in the last five years, we've been able to build up a team of five. Obviously, we've had some people come on staff and then mm-hmm. um, decide um, to move on um, in that time frame, which has been a great learning experience in itself. But we really look to ensure that we're able to provide the core team to our clients in a consistent manner and then leverage uh, contract resources where needed, depending on what the different needs of our, our client's business. Yeah. So that, that's be. a good economic model then that allows you to not have fixed expense load, but you have variable expense as needed. And you're able to go to, you know, highly specialized experienced professionals for the specific needs of those clients. Do you, do you find that, that EXP as an example uh, requires a greater percentage of contract people than Yumi or vice versa, or is it they both kind of the same? They're very similar. Hmm. Um, I would say that, you know, EXP certainly lives further upstream in the strategic planning process, you know, forging strategic partnerships and alliances with some of the existing partners that are established at enterprise um, accounts is certainly something that we've had to do. Um, Unlike you, me, where we're really building the teams in support of the business and what the business needs and having a bit more, even though they move very fast, of course, as as a startup culture, having the opportunity to make sure that we're doing that in a very thoughtful way that's right for the business right from the start. So um, I I think it just depends, but very similar to some extent. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, I'm going to ask you a question that's sort of like asking which of your children do you like the most, but is is there one business or the other that you prefer? Do you really get more energy from you, me, me, you, uh, and the startup to mid-market or more from the enterprise level companies that are just so giant where you're working on very high level, sophisticated strategy? 
you have a preference? That's a hard question, but I would say that um, one of the things that I missed um, as we were building EXP and, mm-hmm. and some of the work that we were focusing on there was the creative aspect of marketing communications and engagement strategies. And so you, me, me, you really leans into that heavily. My partner is a creative, a brilliant creative mind. And I think it's, it's a great balance that we strike with one another where I bring uh, Mm -hmm. more of that strategic view, um, obviously with a creative orientation, but she thinks very, very much about the business and the business needs as she's orchestrating some creative solutions that we bring to bear. And so, you know, I also really appreciate the, the fast paced culture, uh, a little bit of the dysfunction that lives um, within yeah. startup cultures. Um, not that that doesn't exist within enterprises as well, but um, it's, it's just a very different challenge. And um, I would say if you you had to force my hand. I would say that I'm, I'm very, very passionate about some of the work that we're doing with some with some of our unique clients today. It's just really exciting opportunities to to be a part of that that build from the ground up. Yeah, it surely is. It surely is. When you have two companies, as you do, that that even though they may effectively sort of merge over time, you you are targeting the enterprise and then the startup through middle market. Are there any, as you've built them, are there any must-have operating principles that you and your partner are committed to in both companies that you've tried to instill? Yes. I would say that while, you know, even some of the clients that we work with have a long list of operating principles, I think when I when I think about it, ours really come back to two core operating principles. The first is this mentality of what we call people positive, right? And and with that. Our aim is to assume and expect positive intent and and the best out of everyone. And I think while it may sound intuitive, I think it leads to a very different conversation in the way that it's facilitated and ultimately outcome um, in the work that we do in engaging with our clients. Um, We practice as a a culture within our own um, agency, but as well as the approach that we take in facilitating some of the process and executables that we work with our clients on. I think the second is that, you know, we, we constantly are dissatisfied in a in a positive sense, I would say. So the idea that we relentlessly and respectively challenge um, and ask the questions of why does it matter and why would someone care and, and consistently forcing ourselves to come back to that time and time again. I think what we've learned is that our instincts of, uh, you know, as a human being is to tell the story that we want to tell, solve the problems that we see need fixing. We see this in enterprise accounts, you know, as, you know, uh, clients live in their their siloed aspects of the organization. And we see this in some of the the startup and and mid-sized companies that we work in that, you know, we get overly focused on what it is that we need to solve in our own area. area. But in reality, what we want to do and what we want to enable and foster is really anchoring to what the audiences that you're serving need and want. And we believe that this is really the first course of change in a conversation. We can ensure that this is really substantive. It's you know interesting, even funny and creative at times, but this is what helps us get somewhere 
fast, this idea of, you know, relentlessly and respectively challenging um, the status quo. And and really, when you you ask about Yumi and what we're all about, Yumi and the name itself was very intentional. And that the goal was for us to be able to bridge the gap that often lives between the you's and the me's of the world and Mm. what you want Mm. and what the person that you're engaging with wants. And once we can unlock that flow, so to speak, we think we empower everyone to become part of the conversation and ultimately the solution, which is vital, right? As we think about how do we create more sustainable long-term business value. Wow. I love that. I really do. I love the people positive and the, what I'll call divinely dissatisfied uh, intention. Of, of looking for better, looking for a better route, you know, smarter solutions. I, I think that's wonderful. I love hearing that. Let, let's change gears for a minute and talk a little bit about what every business in the, in the world pretty much has been facing the last couple of years, and that's the pandemic. And mm-hmm. what I'd like to hear a little bit about is how did the pandemic affect your businesses and those of your clients? And maybe those are kind of two questions because your business is a startup, two startups here, right in the middle, bam, you got hit with COVID. How has it affected you and how have you dealt with that? Ironically, COVID and the pandemic was the launching pad for our business. And it was a platform that allowed us to bring something that I think many businesses were already facing and in in great need of um, to the forefront of the conversations that we were having with, with prospects and clients. During this time, what we saw is that many of our clients and their companies were were being forced to really evaluate and dig deep into focusing on what is the the true value? How are we going to deliver meaningful value to our employees and in turn our customers and in, in, in communities in ways that we that we've never had to before? Right. I think um, consumers and end users became very very critical of business during this time. To some degree, unfairly, there was many circumstances that were out of their control, i.e. the supply chain and and things of that nature. But that didn't mean that businesses didn't have to figure out how to refine their value proposition, really hone in on how they deliver the best possible customer experience so they could maintain and avoid, you know, dramatic loss in their business, right? And there was all, all of a sudden, there was this microscope on those businesses that weren't delivering value um, and pressure to figure out what they need to do differently in order to, to meet customers where they were. And I think ultimately what that did is it really spotlighted the importance of employee experience. So this brings us back to our premise, right, of mm-hmm. this idea of bridging employee experience with customer experience, because in order to deliver on the optimal customer experience, your employees need to feel as if they have and you have created an experience for them that enables them to successfully deliver on that customer experience. And I think for a long time, a lot of businesses were investing in, I don't I don't even want to call it surface level tactics, but to some degree, surface level tactics that really delivered on a a customer experience, but largely ignored the employee side of things. And so we know that that's a huge cost to the business. And especially now in a time where people have a lot of choice, a lot of folks left to start their own businesses, as did I during the pandemic, it's really, really been critical that, you know, in order to deliver that consistent customer and community experience that that brands are you know so much seeking to deliver on that they that they really focus on how they enable that great employee experience. 
So I think this is a shared value, this idea ultimately, and we call this shared value ultimately well, in our business, the Yumi state. So when we've reached the sense of shared value between and harmony between employee experience and customer experience, we say that we've enabled our clients to reach their Yumi state, the bridging of the yous and the me's of the world. Um, for a greater good. And so, um, you know, as we work with clients, there's a, you know, different ways in which we measure um, whether or not we've reached a UMI state, Um, but we can certainly leave that for another conversation. But Well, I'd like to hear that though. I mean, how do you measure the connection or the gap, the bridging between the, the employee experience and the client experience? Any little tips you could share with us that have been golden? Sure. We certainly have uh, some leading indicators, as I would as I would define them, in um, recognizing and reaching a Yumi state. I would say that first and foremost, when employees can see and work beyond their own silos in the organization, mm-hmm. um, th- that is certainly a key indicator. When communities and customers start to problem solve beyond their own demographic boundaries or the boundaries in which they reside for the benefit of the greater good. That's another indicator. When we see leaders and um, some of the frontline workers and organizations all focus on working towards the same issues and solving for the same issues, down to ownership and accountability, going beyond terms that just you know apply to others, but are something that I own and that are meaningful to me. We see success when employees and customers inspire, inspire loyalty in one another, right? A huge aspect of our process is uh, listening, and I could talk more about that, but listening and looping and in others into this dialogue that is constantly evolving and adapting and making sure that that interaction between employees and, and customers and communities aren't viewed as zero sum, right? It's not you have to lose for me to win. There's mm-hmm. an opportunity for all of us in this conversation. And that ultimately leads to this last indicator of, you know, thinking about every stakeholder in the story, in this picture, being or feeling seen, heard, and valued. So obviously there's there's different, you know, measures underneath that, you know, and, and KPIs that we help organizations define. But for us, when we start to see these things happen within an organization, we know that we're moving in the right direction and we started to really unlock what we define as that you mean you state. Are your clients discovering good ROI in this kind of this kind of focused energies that you're bringing to the table? I would say yes, and it's interesting because I think for the first couple of years in in being in business, it was really important and someone gave some great advice early on in that um you know, we need to, to be laser focused on ensuring that the, the customers or the clients that we serve today are realizing value and meaning from the work that we're doing, almost to the degree that if we need to break, even, for example, versus turning a profit and some of the, the client engagements that we're uh, working on, it's, it's worth it because ultimately they become your biggest advocates for growing your business forward. And I will say that the, the best testament to, to our clients realizing success is the referrals that they've then provided um, you know, for us to other prospective customers and clients um, about the work that we do. And so mm-hmm. you know, I, I think, as, as you know, you don't socialize and advocate for opportunities unless you're realizing opportunity yourself. And so um, that's been a great, great success factor that we've measured ourselves against and, and the work that we're doing for clients. 
and we hope to only see that continue. Yeah, of course. You know, referrals are, of course, the highest of compliments. Is that how you've predominantly found your clients in the few years that you've been in business? It has been. In fact, um, we have not yet invested in significant marketing um, and sales efforts for Yumi or EXP. Almost all of our businesses come through um, our referral network. And, you know, well, financially, we are 100% self-funded. We, we did bootstrap getting the agency off the ground and going. We have successfully been able to, to double our revenues year after year. And that's all due to, and I owe that all to our clients and, and thank them for that. So you've self-funded the both companies uh, without outside uh, capital? That's correct. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's a great testimony. And boy, I know so many startups that would love to know how you did that, but obviously you're building off of a terrific uh, reference base and uh, reputation. So congratulations on that. That's pretty awesome. Do you expect that's going to be the case in the future as uh, or do you do you have expectations of how to scale your business or whether or not you even wish to? I think we certainly wish to, but I think in terms of our growth strategy, we call it a slow grow, right? So we mm-hmm. want to ensure that we're not growing at the expense of our clients' success or the success that we're enabling for them. Um, and so there's been a lot of learnings and you know trials and tribulations, to your point, throughout um, engaging with our clients that we want to ensure that they can sustain. So before we decided or decide to continue to take on new accounts uh, and and dive deep into those new accounts and clients, we we do want to ensure that the ones that we are working with are set up for success. Ultimately, um, our goal is to um, you know we talk about our our model and how our model is a bit different than some of the other agency or consultancies out there. But we think about our model as agency as a service. So I think many folks are familiar with software as a service in the tech world. But what this ultimately allows us to do um, as we think about you know, agency as a service is deliver maximum impact across a variety of different business aspects um, while also giving our clients the opportunity to maximize their, their investments, right? So I think this really requires that we, as I said, don't just engage with clients on a project basis that we're really in it for the long haul. We're an extension of their business. Um, and with that, we know that their businesses are moving incredibly fast and flexibility for them in working with us is key. And so, you know, as an agency, as a service business model, um, we know that business as usual will evolve. Clients want the ability to tap into our expertise in different ways along the way. And as good partners to them, we want to be able to accommodate that, right? So for us, what this has then allowed is agency as a service is essentially provided us the opportunity to generate predictive and reoccurring reoccurring revenue streams, right? And so Mm -hmm. this comes back to your question of of how are we going to go and where are we going to go next? Um, I think as long as we can continue to to drive predictive and reoccurring revenue streams for our business, in turn, we're going to be able to proactively slow grow by bringing on resources 
that we know are going to be able to successfully support our clients' businesses in the areas that they need it most. It allows us to proactively, you know, source and um, bring on those resources that we know we're going to need in the future. And, you know, unfortunately, this may mean that we have to turn down some business in the short term. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think ultimately in the long term, this is what is is really core to our vision and our mission of providing clients with sustainable long-term value. That's awesome. You know, summarizing a lot of what we've talked about, I'm going to put you on the spot here. It sounds to me like your business, both Yumi and and EXP, uh, particularly Yumi, are a little bit unique in the space. So I'm presuming that you have found some white space that you are really capitalizing on. And I expect to see great, great, even greater growth from your companies as a result. But if there was a special sauce that you have in your companies, in both companies, or maybe one or the other, is there something that you could point to and say, this is what makes us so unique and so powerful and so desirable by the clients that work with us? Yes, I think we have this fundamental belief that business can be a force for good. And if if that is core to who we are and what we believe, that means that we also believe that the businesses and the clients that we work with have the opportunity to change uh, where we're headed, right? Not just within business, but for for the the world at large that we want to live in Mm -hmm. today and tomorrow. And so I think really our difference is that we recognize for businesses to make that truly impactful long-term change, we can no longer look at employee experience and culture and or customer experience or community experience as for that matter, as a place that will quote unquote arrive at. So strategic planning and business used to be this course of let's set a strategy annually. Let's work towards that strategy through our POAs um, and let's report on progress against that um, that strategy and, and those plans of actions. But right. if we don't, if we, if, if we change our thinking to this idea that employee experience and customer experience and really delivering on our, our go-to-market strategies is not a place that we arrive at, but instead it's this idea of complex systems, right? It's all made up of human beings at the end of the day that we need to manage. That means that our job is about facilitating a conversation and a dialogue that allows the the clients that we work with to be self-reinforcing, fluid. It's this idea that instead of a destination or a point of arrival, a plan that we've set and forget, we empower our clients and everyone who's part of that system to be a part of the solution. And so I think we think about what we do as enablement. Um, While we're embedded, we're enablers. We are not the ones that come in to try to save the day and leave you with a plan that um, is either outdated or hard to execute on months and months later, right? And so I think it's no it's no secret that strategy, you know, especially in rapid times of change, is really only you know ten percent of his planning. The rest of it's execution. So it is our aspiration to be enablers of that that execution process and and remain involved um, because that is where we feel there's an opportunity for a lot to be learned managed, evolved, and even adapted in these fluid systems that we're creating. So that's really our focus. Uh, and I know that was a, a, a long-winded answer to your, your question on how are we different, but I think the world that we live in is very complex and business is complex and we need to recognize that. You know, your customer, your client list uh, of enterprise companies, Fortune 500s, all the way down to startups, certainly 
uh, screams uh, that you've got it, that you've got something that is special sauce, that is so unique that they're working with Yumi and they're working with EXP. So uh, I love to hear that special sauce description. You know, let, I only, I know we're running out of time and I want to ask two more just fun questions for you. You know, a lot of times when you're talking to us through this, this podcast, you know, it's, it's very high level. It's very intellectual. It's interesting, interesting stuff you're doing. However, most founders, and I'll bet you're one along the way, have stories of some of the trials and tribulations of growing their businesses. Do you have any of those stories you might share with us just for fun? <laughs> um, of course, of course. Like any founder, I think I, I personally have struggled uh, with striking a balance between working on the business and working in the business, right? I think Anyone who has started a company or who's really passionate about even working within a company finds it difficult to say no, especially in early stages of growth. We want to say yes all the time, right? Because we aren't sure of what may come next, if there's anything that's going to be coming next. Um, but I think one of the things that I've learned and that I've, I've really taken away from the past couple of years is that by saying yes to everything, we, we, we're not going to allow ourselves the opportunity for um, the things that we've been holding out on, the, the, these special opportunities for businesses and brands and clients that really are looking to create long-term value to come forward. And so while it's incredibly difficult, and it has been incredibly difficult, it's, it's outside of my nature um, not to figure out ways to bring value to any conversation that, I, that I'm engaging in. Um, saying no sometimes has, has really proven to be helpful in, in, the, long, in the long term. And then I would say that, you know, I think some of our, our greatest challenges have been hands down finding great people, right? We're in the business of selling incredible skills, minds, and, and the talent of the people that we have on the team. And I think the pandemic, as we talked about earlier, inspired a lot of people to do what, what I did, venture out on their own, you know, pursue what I'm, I'm incredibly passionate about. Um, but the other side of that coin is that companies that do have great employees and great talent are doing everything that they can as they should to hold on to that great talent, right? And those who are independents are equally as happy to be finally pursuing the things that they've dreamt about and hoped for for so long. So finding great talent and uh, hiring people that I've never met in person, but you know, over Zoom has certainly been a challenge and continues to be a challenge. And I know I'm not the only one facing that um, you know, over the last couple of years. Yeah, that's been, that's so true. So, so very true. I have enjoyed this so much. Let me ask you one more quick question. Is there anything I should have asked you or anything you'd like to share with our listeners that you think is golden? I would say trust that everything's going to work out. I know it sounds overly simple, but I think it, I think in a time and in the world that we're living in, it's hard not to doubt that what we're doing and the decisions that we're making in, in the very moment that we're in may not be the right ones, but I know I personally genuinely care so deeply about our clients and their success that I question, you know, are, are, are we leading them in the right direction? Or am I taking the business that we're building and the decisions that I'm making, you know, down the right path? And I think something that my support system has been able to offer over the past couple of years is, you know, just, just trust yourself um, because 
It's what has made us successful, that we always constantly question, that we so deeply care and things do work out. And at the end of the day, you know, I think that's the, the beauty of what I've been able to realize is that um, there hasn't been anything that has been less gratifying than being an independent business owner that has allowed us to realize the direct impact that the decisions that we're making um, on our business have every day um, for the success of our clients. And so that, that's been pretty incredible. And that is a pretty uplifting place for us to conclude our talk today. I want to thank you so much. Of course, you're a dear friend, and I've always respected so greatly your intelligence, your drive, your capability, and your delivery of superior solutions to clients. So I really thank you for taking the time today, Nicole. You know, I have a sense that you stimulated for many of our listeners some ideas or some thoughts or some questions and if they would like to reach out to you, how may they reach you? Sure. Well, first and foremost, you can reach out through C-Suite Advisors, um, but also uh, directly at Nicole at youmetogether.com. Also, feel free to reach out via phone. <laughs> Relatively old school nowadays, but certainly uh, please feel free to do so. 773 I always welcome uh, a phone conversation as well. That's awesome. One, one bit of clarification. When you say uh, email to you, me advisors, can you tell us how that is spelled? Sure. Nicole, N-I-C-O-L-E at U-M-I together.com. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Uh this has been great. I want to thank you so much and thank uh, you on behalf of our listeners. So I know I've really enjoyed it as well. And I'll look forward to hearing and watching your progress, which I am confident is going to be superb. Thank you, Jim. It was a great conversation. C-Suite Advisors, where CEOs tap into unbiased, deeply experienced wisdom, perspective, and credibility to accelerate their company's performance and growth. To discuss how C-Suite Advisors may help your business in a free 30-minute consultation, contact us at advisor at csuite.co or call for an appointment at 480-840-7055. Thank you for listening to Into the C-Suite with Jim Casino. Click the following button below to be notified as new episodes become available. 